You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman. I am back at it today with my guy, ATL Shardy, Juju Gotti, as well as Dragonfly Jones and everyone's favorite hater, Amin L. Hassan. We talk Deion Sanders' Colorado debut, Michigan martyr Jim Harbaugh, Visions of Kobe, and so much more. Let's get to it. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. This is an institution of learning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't control it, how can you teach? Discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman, brought to you by the good folks at the DraftKings Network and Meadowlark Media. As always, I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, seven-year NFL veteran and one-time uh, meter of Deion Sanders, which is relevant in this episode. It's probably surprising that I actually only met him once. But I am joined today by my guys, Juju Shawty, ATL legend, uh, WNBA purist, as well as my boy Tyler Perrier, a.k.a. Dragonfly Jones of the Jenkins and Jones podcast. Later on, we'll be joined by our dude, Amin El Hassan. Fellas, What's up? How's everybody doing? How was your weekend, Tyler? What did you do, man? Did you cook out? Oh, yeah, yeah. I do some ribs on the grill. You know, me and wifey, you know, pig that. We had a good little weekend, man. You know, sent some off in style, man. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. I don't grill. I'm not a grill master. I'll be honest with you, uh, man. I'm, I'm, oh, we got to get you on that, bro. Yeah, I know. I, 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 people have threatened to pull my black card numerous times. <laughs> I'm a grill evangelist. I try to get all the homies on the grill and shit, but, See, you know, I, limited success with that. I'm a Uber Eats, them dogs, right to the crib, bro. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I'm disappointed in myself. Juju, what, what, how was your Labor Day weekend, my boy? See, I was cool. I went to uh, my first wedding that I ever been to in my entire life. My partner got married to my homegirl. Oh. You feel me? I was there when they met. They were drunk as hell in the club. I was like, boy, this shit ain't gonna last worth a damn. They got married, bro. She, bro. They got a beautiful family. Like, salute to them, man. Was Big salute. Of them. That's, beautiful day. That's dope. Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. But, Juju, that was your first wedding. How old are you, Juju? Bro, I'm old enough to party. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> the, feds, the feds 
guys out there watching. They're taking notes and they're clicking, they clicking links. You old enough to have been to a wedding at some point. So I, you got to explain to us here on the show, as well as the viewers, how the yeah. hell was that your first wedding you've ever been to? Bruh, unfortunately, how my life went, I didn't have a lot of friends. I always wanted a lot of friends. I feel like if we just peel back the curtain, you feel me? That's Going one deep. of my deepest therapies type shits. Like, I'm always mm. looking for friends. But my entire life, the circumstances I done put myself into, slash lifestyle, I tried to chase instead of the right ones, trying to impress certain friends when I should have been living for myself and my family. Mm. It had me in a lot of solitary uh, years and a lot of solid my friends wasn't Dang. never on no marriage all my friends was busting guns and robbing each other so i know a lot of gangsters thank god, though that, god that's still... me out of that you feel me nah, amen to that. enjoying this side of life amen to that and I'm, i got a smile on my face because it's a crazy thing but you were real deep you were real serious and i couldn't wipe the <laughs> smile off in the middle of what you were saying and so i kept it on you but that is great perspective but i will also Man. say i gotta i I got a lot of gun-busting friends that I grew up with, too. And even they even tried a marriage a couple times. I, so you got to grade us out. I've been to a lot of weddings. Um, it's 50-50, them things. Some make it, some don't. That is, the, that is the reality and statistics of life. Grade the wedding for me, Ju. How, how was the experience? I'm sure you've seen it on TV a bunch of times. You've heard. You've seen them on Instagram and all the places. Yeah. What was, what was, was what's the, was Jew, was the Jew grade? It was, uh, I think he's Argentinian and her family, I might be Cuban or something, I'm not sure. Uh -huh. But it was a lot of flavor, a lot of dancing. So, yeah, I know that food was busting too. Wow, <laughs> food was busting. I was like, yeah. boy, RD must have cooked this one. Because <laughs> that thing was slamming. So, it was a 10 in my book. That's dope. You know, my favorite thing about <laughs> weddings is going to cross cultural weddings, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Like a wedding like that, I went to one of my one of my good friends summer. I was my first Jewish wedding this summer, and they yeah. turn up at the weddings. Juju, you haven't even been to a black wedding yet. That's crazy. Right, never. That's what my my insecurity walking into that wedding for real was. Dang, I'm one of the only brothers here. It was like three of us, maybe. Uh -huh. It was it was two yeah three brothers in the entire shit, and that was the only black people. And so I'm always a little insecure, or I don't want to come off a certain way to these people, or. You know what I mean? Just yeah, the yeah. natural old shit. And hey. they welcomed me in and was so comforting. That was the, the plus to me. They made me feel like they knew me for years. You feel me? So Luck salute to them folks. Lucky for you, Jude, there's a, a meme that goes around. Black people can fit anywhere, man. So you uh, <laughs> yeah. you were good. You were good, good no matter what. All right. So also this weekend, besides Juju getting to his first wedding ever, which is monumental, there was other monumental things happening in college football. It's really the wild, wild west. Players is getting paid like crazy. Players is transferring. You got small schools beating big schools. But the biggest headline of the weekend was the guy that is on the jersey you have on right now, Juju. Primetime made his debut as the Colorado head coach in tremendous fashion. They knocked off TCU, who was ranked 17 and is a returning recipient of the national championship a year ago. And I think it shocked a lot of people. So Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Were you shocked by the fact that Deion Sanders prime time made good on all the trash he's been talking since he became a Buffalo? 
I mean, I, I wasn't all that shocked because the thing is, you know, I saw a lot of people like, wow, you know, Shador is a real baller. Bro, he's been a baller. He was mm. a five-star in high school, right? He had he had uh, Clemson and Bama and USC, you know, top flight schools on his bumper. But I think a lot of um, people looked at that as, you know, programs just wanted to cozy in and, and get Deion's kid there, you know, because that's yep. always good for business. Yep. You know what I mean? But, um, but you know, Shador balled out. Travis Hunter. You know what I'm saying? You could say he's, you know, on, on Heisman watch, you know, phenomenal two-way player, played like 100 snaps that game. Mm. So, no, I, I, I wasn't all all that shocked, you know. And, of course, after, you know, the last time we saw TCU, they got their ass smacked up by, by yeah. Georgia. You know, of course, yeah. it's a different roster this year. But but still, you know, I, was, I wasn't that shocked. Um, I do think that, you know, Deion took a victory lap, as you should. Talk your shit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that, right? Like, celebrate every motherfucking thing. That's my motto. But um, shit's going to get real in a couple of weeks when we when, when Colorado got Oregon and USC back-to-back. So that's what we're really going to see, you know, what this squad is made of. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was – I expected it to happen, not because I'm some guru, not because I know better. I just have irrational confidence in prime time, bro. Whatever he say he's gonna do, I be like, bro, he gonna do it. I don't give a damn. It's gonna happen. I cleaned up my whole my whole crew. My all my my partners owe me a little something after this weekend. Shout out to those who have come through. Shout out to those who are watching this and still gotta uh, hit that phone. You feel me? But everything Prime said he was gonna do in the league, out the league. He done did it, bro. My boy even got his hairline back. Like, that's underrated. Like, <laughs> remember, he was at the network for a while, and them Ravens, that thing was out of here, John John. That thing has come back full effect, so salute to be it, bro. And like you said, bro, Shador been balling. What, what, what's yeah. the puzzle? You feel mm. me? Hunter been him. So it's really the America that was kind of sleep. you feel me? And I'm glad he woke them boys up that weekend. You did. Well, I think the thing about Deion Sanders is you said that you had a rational confidence in primetime. And I think at this stage of life and in sports and what we know about Deion Sanders is it's actually not irrational to have confidence in primetime. And I think that's where there's been a little bit of a reckoning, at least for myself, right? Because I, it's not that I didn't think Colorado would do well. I actually knew they would do well. I actually knew Deion Sanders would be a great coach because college football is not about X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. If you can walk into homes of five-star and four-star recruits and get them to come to your school – you will not only have a chance to win, you will have a chance eventually at a national championship. And if he was able to do that at Jackson State with those facilities and basically operating at a deficit compared to high-level Division I FBS football, that tells you if you give him that backing, it's only a matter of time before he turns that program around. And it happened very, very fast. So that part didn't surprise me. The surprising part to me was that when he left Jackson State, and went to Colorado, I was like, Ugh, I don't care about Colorado. I really don't. Yeah. You could go there and win all the games in the national championship, and I don't think I will care. I don't think anybody outside of Colorado fans will give a damn. And that's where I think I underestimated him, because here I am again, invested in Colorado Buffalo football, like I was <laughs> Jackson State. And I like to think it was my black side that was like, yeah, HBCU, and I think there was some of that. But here I am still, can't wait for the next Colorado game, because I love the primetime narrative. I've seen so many podcasts. I've seen so many interviews. And obviously, everybody's pulling the receipts of everyone who was talking that trash about what Dion could and couldn't do. And I always hated it because I'm like, who the hell are you to tell primetime anything about the game of football? I don't think people realize he wasn't just a good player. This guy transcended 
Like, when I talked earlier about me meeting him once, I remember that distinctly. I was 30-something years old, and I felt like a little kid in a candy store. There's not very many athletes, for me, that have that kind of presence, and Dion has that, and it goes across all sports. And so, yeah, him kind of coming out the gate, talking his trash, doing what he does, and everything he said in his, his, his post game for me was completely right. Like, people hate people who are so confident in themselves and – the outside world has no bearings on where that level of confidence is. And Dion yeah. is the poster child for that. For sure. I mean, I mean, I, I know you say, you know, you didn't give a damn about Colorado football. Shit, Dion didn't either. No, like, he didn't. Like, he I, didn't. I, I mean, let, let's be he real. This, this is not the final destination. Um, you know, I, I think his eyes are on that FSU job. I mean, you know, Mike Norville's seat is gonna is a little hot there. So um, but 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 yeah, you know, I, I was with you. I didn't like the way that you know, some of the comments he made when he exited Jackson State, right? Like, I didn't uh -huh. like the whole, you know, um, oh, I tried to be the HBCU savior and, and I yep, couldn't get yep. it done. And, mm -hmm. and you know, he, he hops out here talking about how only 8% of alumni gives back when, you know, that's the rate for PWIs too. And and, and, yeah, Jackson's, yep. and Jackson State had a fundraiser while he was there where the goal was 500,000, you know, where they reached out to alumni, you know, uh -huh. faculty, you know, student organizations to get that raised. And, and they raised 600,000, exceeded that goal by 100,000. So, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't like, you know, the narrative that he painted when we all knew that Jackson State was just a pit stop right you, you know we all knew yeah. that he was not planning yeah. to be there for long we all knew that was going to be a springboard position you know to get to another position but um you know I'm, I'm I would never root for Dion to fail um and I think that that's how um he probably took a lot of that criticism is that guys want to see him fall and you know you know whatever you got to do to motivate yourself you know Dion's you know, a, mm -hmm. a, a prime, you know, motivator. He's, he's He knows how to, you know, get through to those young men that he's got there. So, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to what he's doing with this Colorado program. But like I said, we all know this is just a pit stop too. Yeah. Yeah. And after the game, he said, salute to all y'all that believed in me. Salute to the hood. I stood up on the bed. I couldn't believe <laughs> saying that out loud. You feel me? You know the prime time, man. He got folks on Boulder Chris buying Colorado jerseys right that's now. That's crazy. You feel me? Come on, yeah. man. That's powerful. It's crazy. I haven't seen this much Colorado uh, fandom or interest from the black community since the days when Eric Bieniemy was there and like the old school Colorado days. Cordell Stewart is yeah, right? Cordell like, Stewart back yeah. there. Slash was getting it busy. Well, you uh, talked about like different ways of motivating your team, like whatever you have to do, and that gets us to our next topic. I don't know if you guys caught the Michigan game with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is currently serving a self-imposed uh, suspension for uh, recruiting violations, which. Take a step back. Recruiting violations in this day and age is, is wild. That's crazy. Right. That's, like, like, how are you still getting busted like, what are you with, like, doing? NIL shit? You know what <laughs> right? I mean? Like, it's the wild, wild west. How are you still breaking? What rules are <laughs> right. you breaking? How are you doing this? Bro, That's amazing. And he got caught buying cheeseburgers or some shit, bro. That's the part. Like, <laughs> like, come on, you can, they, they can have whole McDonald's contracts now. It's like, it's not. Right. I don't right. know what you was doing. Like, you was trying to. I don't know, get NFL players, eligibility. I don't know what it was, but he's, he's serving his three to four game suspension. I think it's three game suspension. Um, and his players had the free Harbaugh T-shirts on <laughs> coming into the game. The open and snap, they held their fours up, which was Harbaugh's number as a player, like free my coach, doing life in the box. Um, For some it, cheeseburgers. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed a little extra. It seemed a little extra, Juju. That's all I'm saying. What, did, what were your thoughts? Give me to me. Bruh, I thought, and I love my brothers and sisters from the Caucasus Mountains, all my, my Caucasian brothers and sisters. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. But I was like, yeah, this is some of y'all stuff going on here. Like, ain't nobody talking about no damn free heart, bro, man. Come on. This is, whole situation is self-imposed, goofy. 
and salute <laughs> to them folks for trying to feel like they banging something. I don't know, bro. Salute to Michigan. I love I Salute to Jalen Rose. Salute to Jawan Howard. I got y'all back, bro. Y'all got to tell them folks. Naming random Michigan the T-shirts alone. out. Free Harbaugh. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Yeah, Don't man. It's, it's, it's just college kids being college kids. You know, they're going to make shit extra. They're going to always take it to 10. So, um, you know, but, but the whole thing about it was I didn't think they were, you know, they were so serious about this shit. I, I was like, bro, I thought y'all were just, you know, halfway clowning, but they was they was ready to die with that shit. Like, I was like, bro, he's going to be back in like two weeks. You know what I'm saying? The, y'all going to meet the man like in the locker room after the game probably. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that shit was a little wild. Harbaugh might be the white primetime, bro. Now that I'm thinking about it, because if you Harbaugh's players historically ride for Harbaugh, like under all the circumstances, I think we on the public always have been like we scrutinize him. He took a while to beat Ohio State and all the things. But if you think back to players, even from Colin Kaepernick, they ride for for Harbaugh, bro. So I hey, I should I should be saluting. We making jokes and we probably should be saluting that man. Bro, prime time would have been beat Ohio State. They would have got yeah, come yeah, yeah. year two. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> More motivation. The quarterback of Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, uh, he was spotted wearing a necklace that had his surgically a piece of his surgically removed rib on it. More motivation. Like, is it? This is the kind of stuff players do for people that don't understand. Like, and the Harbaugh thing fits into this. The prime time thing fits into this. We always have to find a way to make ourselves the underdog. Right. It, it is it is a place you have to operate from. I will honestly go in to say, like, I operated as an underdog my whole life. And I got in a situation where I was no longer the underdog. And it was the most uncomfortable year of my life with expectation that everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're really it. I did not know how to function. So for quarterbacks like Sam Hartman, who has to put that rib on there, which is disgusting in a lot of ways. And it's not the drip that you probably you're not going to get in GQ with that. You're not going to get much love from probably the teammates, but it's probably a motivating factor to say, okay, look, never mind that I was a top recruit. And I'm at one of the most prestigious universities ever with a great football team and all the things. I am still an underdog. And I think we all can appreciate that mentality a little bit, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm 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 gonna call back to Gigi's comment about how, you know, shouting out our brothers in the in the caucus <laughs> mountains <laughs> on this one. But but yeah, that that's um that's so that is some wild shit. Um, what's what's crazy about it to me is that doesn't seem like some quarterback shit, right? That seems like some linebacker shit or some strong safety shit. You know That's what I'm a, saying? Who was the linebacker in the program? Shit, right? I don't know. Quarterbacks do not have that kind of mentality, you right. know, especially at Notre Dame, like dog. But um dog, but dog. yeah, man. I mean, like I said, you, you know, just just like with the Michigan shit, college kids gonna be college kids, you know, there's some college kid shit. Um, I'm sure he's gonna look back in a few years and be like, Yeah, I was probably wilding a bit on that one. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked back this week. Weekend and was like, oh, <laughs> I told folks what this was, man. Damn, now I gotta tuck it in. You go got a, a rib, put a ice out a rib. Hey, <laughs> like, man. come on, man. Yo, one rib. One rib. <laughs> one rib. All right. Well, one rib. <laughs> whatever you gotta do to get your ribs on Labor Day weekend, do what you do, Sam Hartman. All right, we're gonna take a little break and come back and talk some more college football and NBA and NFL in just a moment. Drop the bass. So we, we, we opened this show up talking about all the craziness that was going on in college football this week. And there's other things we didn't talk about. Texas State beat Baylor, which is crazy. Texas State, I feel like, just became a Division One FBS team in the last decade. Uh, Clemson went down to Duke, which is just, in my wildest dreams, I, w- I wouldn't imagine that. But Clemson uh, and Dabo have put their feet in the sand and say, hey, we are not taking part in the transfer portal and they will continue to lose 
until they yeah. get right. But with all the conversation going on, the debate is happening of like, okay, well, college football is literally changing in front of our eyes as we see Colorado go from a 1-10 in 10 team to beating TCU with an entirely new roster in a year's time, which has been crazy traditionally. And people are on a lot of sides of the fence. There's the traditionalists who feel like it's changing the game too much too fast. And then there's players or people that I would say on the other side, like myself, that think, yo, bring more and more money. Bring it all Make it professional football because that's basically what it's been without the contracts anyway. So, Juju, we'll start with you. What is your perspective on college football in today's day and age? Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. Like, Dabo Swinney, when keeping it real goes wrong, bro, you're going to keep on keeping it real and your team is going to get worse and worse and worse every year because the times is moving on. And the coaches who stick to that, like, the kids shouldn't get paid. I I don't understand them for real. It's like, what is your real motivation behind like putting your uh, soapbox in the ground and just talking about that? Like, why not get why not pay these kids? You feel me? If they mm-hmm. get hurt playing for you, they through for real. That yeah. ain't just they play for you days over with. Like that hamstring gonna be a a doozy going forward. So I think that the people who stand on don't pay the kids is more goofy. So I like seeing Dabo lose to Duke. That's hilarious. <laughs> I celebrate. <laughs> I celebrate. Until they get with the program, I think they can stay getting left behind. Yeah, it's it's wild, like the 180 that I think a lot of us have done on Dabble because when he first kind of blew up, I think a lot of us liked him. He seemed like, you know, down home, good country yeah. folk. And then, he had a good name like, too. just, and, and, and then the turn he's taken where he's just like taking every chance he gets to, to talk about how he will not, you know, be participating. He doesn't want his guys participating in a NIL. He doesn't want his players cashing out. Right. Like he needs, he's against the transfer portal. Like I, I just don't get what his deal is there, but you know, I think we saw it all last night when he had motherfuckers rooting for Duke, bro. Like, <laughs> like how, how far have you fallen when you're up against Duke and you're the villain, you know what I'm That's saying? Wild. So, but, but, but yeah, you know, I'm, I, I want these kids to get paid. You know, I, I don't have any issue with the transfer porter because you got to understand that these kids have three or four years to get out there and show, you know, NFL scouts, NFL eyes that they can mm-hmm. play at the next level. Mm-hmm. If you're in a spot where that's going to, you, you know, that's just not going to happen. You got to go somewhere where that will happen. So I'm not against the transfer portal. These kids should have been getting paid. And like I said, I just don't, don't know why Dabble keeps digging his heels in, in this because it's, it's going to wind up biting this program in the ass. And I feel like we're starting to see, you know, the beginning of that. It feels reminiscent of when uh, in the 70s and 60s, colleges wouldn't recruit black players and the other colleges were and the people that yeah. were the last ones to come recruit black players started getting their ass kicked and they was like well we should probably let black people come to the school now um it does feel like that but devil's advocate tyler for the people who are saying well oh, there's conference realignments that are changing the the stanford swim team has to now travel across the country and their parents have to go there to watch them swim all based off of football and money and tv contracts or the fact that people are now like, well, whoever has the most money is going to fill the best team because players are getting paid. And it ain't, it, for people at home, these ain't little bags. I know uh, a, a tight end that's going to school. He's a, a, a three to four star, like a teeter, and he's making $120,000 a year through his through his, his his college football tenure starting next year. So this is – that's like a – I won't call him a low-level player, but that's not a five-star. So you can imagine – what the top guys are making, Tyler. So this game is going to change. And, yes, if you have more money in the boosters, your team will be better. You can pay for coaches. You can pay for players. You can revamp your university's team almost immediately. You do not give a damn about any of that, Tyler. That's what you're saying. 
No, no, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the, of the conference realignment. Like, you know, like you mentioned, Stanford in the ACC. Stand like with your chest, no man. Sense. Don't back down. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not with the conference. I okay. want the kids to get paid. Okay. You know, I'm not riding with, with the NCAA board who is, like you mentioned, you know, it's just so greedy and money folks here that they're, they're putting Stanford in the ACC and shit like that. I'm right. not on board with that. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that because, you know, besides that just being absurd, I think it's unfair to the kids, to the, mm. the, to the parents of the kids like you mentioned. Um, but, you know, my whole thing is, bro, the money was always there even for terrible programs. You know what I mean? Because I remember when when um, Dion first took the job at Colorado and everyone was like, what is Colorado's football even like? Like, what is their reputation? What, what is their legacy? Like, what is, the, what is the prestige of that program? And the answer people kept saying was, well, they've got great facilities. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And whenever you ask, how good is a college football program? And the answer you get is they've got great facilities. <laughs> that is telling you they literally cannot buy players to come there, right? <laughs> and they're putting that money into like gyms and, and peck fly machines and shit like that, right? Yeah, so Colorado yeah. always had the money. They just couldn't get the guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. now you got a, a, a guy like Dion, you know, cool as hell. All the kids love him. They're going to get the guys now. And they're going to be putting that money into those kids, right? Like that yeah. money that, like I said, that went to the gym and went to peck fly machines and, and squat machines and shit. That's going to go to some health some track hawks <laughs> on campus, me? baby. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the opposite of that, uh, with the WNBA, look, little sis Kaylin Clark and Angel Reese, they making more money than they could possibly ever think yeah. about yeah. making with the W right now. Angel said she's doing all four years. She said she ain't going nowhere. I ain't never bro. leaving. You feel me? So yeah. NIL blessing them folks with, with to keep their presence type shit. So it's like, come on, uh, get it together. Realize that this. Once they get it together as far as like seeing how they can incorporate or, or coordinate these monies, these NIL deals to transfer across leagues and mm -hmm. maybe some of the W play, W players can get sponsored or whatever the case is, I think they're going to have these slippery slopes of coaches not believing in this and whenever the, the program director kind of going to get you booted out quicker than if you was, you know what I mean, on their side. So... Stick, st stick strong to your uh, your morals, brothers and sisters. But remember, this is a cold, cold world. It's, it's about the money. Spending. It's always yeah. been about the money. And that's my thing and why I'm so for the players getting paid because people are like, oh, it's like professional football now. It's always been professional football. It was hard as hell playing college football and trying to do school. And this is I graduated from Columbia with a 4.0 while I was in the NFL. And I can promise you, even in that Man. moment, it wasn't as hard as it was in college football, because college football time is two out, times time out, as hard. Yeah, on, I appreciate <laughs> that. I wasn't trying to yeah. stun on that one. I was just trying to get a context. That bro, bro, just slide I'm in. not you know, just some guy. I school while I was an NFL player, 4.0. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's big shit, man. Congrats, bro. I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is that was easier than college football to me. Mm -hmm. Because college football, there is the season, and then there is winter conditioning starts immediately about a couple of weeks after the season, then you go into spring ball and then you go back into summer workouts and you do the same thing over again for four to five years. There is no break. And they, you know, the Saban, the Dabo Sweeney mentalities. I had you for four years. I'm going to grind you and run you into the ground. I played in professionally and college football was two times as hard as playing professionally in the NFL. And I went to Toledo. I wasn't even at the really big programs. And so a lot of the injuries I have now, that hurt, that still bothered me, actually came from my college career. And so when you think about players, even what you said, Tyler, of like there's three to four years for athletes to showcase themselves for the NFL, the reality is most of them aren't going to the NFL because they're not good enough. The NFL is a completely different beast, even from high-level Division I football, and people don't realize that. It's like 
it is next level. It's like 5% go to the NFL for a reason. So the, the reality is this is the peak time for 95% of football athletes. Like this is, this is it. This is what you got. You've worked your butt off and you get these three years at Clemson or these four years at Notre Dame or these two years at Oregon or whatever it is, you should be able to make money in the peak of something that's making so much money for everyone else. So I don't mind conference realignment. I could see them sectioning off football into its own thing. But regardless, if that's how you make your money and it allows me to make my money, have at it. Because it's always been big business. But for the athletes, they've always been on the outside looking in under the guise that they're getting an education that is equivalent to what they're putting their bodies through, what they're putting their lives through, and something that's going to bother them and affect them for the rest of their years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I totally agree with you that, you know, like you said, 95% of these guys aren't going to the league. But mm-hmm. for that five, those 5% of guys who are going to the league, like you take a guy like Jalen Hurts, for instance, who yeah. if he didn't get out of Alabama, you know, he probably slips in the draft. He's probably not in as good of a spot as he is in, in Philadelphia right now where he's like, you know, a top three, top five quarterback in the league. So, yep. you know, for, for the guys who do have that potential, who can get to the league, I do think that the transfer portal is vital. And also, you know, like you mentioned, there are probably some delusional guys, man, coach just hating now, bro, you're just not good. But I either just... way, they, you still deserve that freedom to yes. go somewhere else if you choose I, I, I the tattoo five from ohio state who all got in trouble <laughs> for uh getting tattoos and in this day and age yeah, it's crazy Brian. now they were trading tattoos for jerseys right in this world where you know mid-level players are making a hundred grand a year these guys lost their eligibility throw prior had to enter the nfl early the rest of them never panned out and really didn't mike have Trussell got fired behind mike Trussell so, got like, fired right like that was the peak of the, they should have been making the most money they could in those moments because they weren't guys that were going to go on to have 10 year NFL careers. Right. And so to even right. take that away from them in that thing, it's just to your point, Tyler, it's, it's, it's a messed up world, but that is the world that we live in. That. Yeah. So you talked about Jalen hurts. Um, and also in this Jalen hurts kind of, uh, you know, as a black quarterback, he was a guy who had to transfer, went to Oklahoma they tried to get him to play receiver. They tried to get Lamar Jackson to work out for other positions, right? And so in this transfer portal world, you know, we wouldn't have our Jalen Hurts or our Lamar Jacksons um, because of these stereotypes or stereotypical things they put on athletes, college athletes, black quarterbacks specifically. And in Baltimore, we actually have a full quarterback room for the first time ever. And it's not just the players. It's the backup, the third stringer are all black quarterbacks, and the quarterback coach is black. So we've heard the debates for years and years about how this narrative is starting to change, obviously with the Patrick Mahomes, the Jalen Hurts, the Lamar Jacksons, the Russell Wilsons, and so on and so forth, where it's no longer what it used to be, whereas that a black quarterback wasn't smart enough to lead a team, or there were unconscious biases that would give white quarterbacks the advantage over black quarterbacks. Is this something, I've seen it all over the place, is this something that should be celebrated, or it should be? It should it feel more like the norm and us take it all in stride? It yeah, well, celebrated for sure. Like a hundred thousand billion percent. Them folks hijacked the narrative of Colin Kaepernick. He died so we can walk. They should celebrate this for it. I'm talking about we celebrate yardage or <clears throat> two black coordinators in the soup, whatever the celebrate this. They should do a billboard in Baltimore. They should do it all. Put all the stops in and the parade too. Mm. Put all the stops in the parade. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my dog said throw a party for it. <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I think like, you know, a good measurement of progress is when things like this aren't a big deal anymore. You know what I mean? Yep. And mm-hmm. I feel like this isn't being made into a big deal. I feel like it's a nice little fun fact. And I think that that's a sign of progress right there. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Um, but, but, but yeah, you know, you know, like, like, like y'all were saying, um, Lamar Jackson, he, I think he has even gone through you know, some shit on, on, on the pro level where guys are like questioning his, um, you know, playmaking ability, his, his reads and all that. And I feel like that's still kind of rooted in the whole, you know, tired, you know, black quarterbacks, you know, don't, don't aren't as intelligent as white quarterbacks thing there. But, you know, I never understood the Lamar hate. I think he's a phenomenal player. He's a MVP. So, mm-hmm. you know, rooting for him to ball out this season. For Absolutely. Sure. I, and I agree yeah. with that. And I think like, I think it makes sense. That's why I, I, I won't say that it shouldn't be celebrated. I, I agree. I think it's a, a great note, and it's, it's, it does show progress. But I think it went against all logic previously, and I, I never understood that. I never understood for quarterbacks like Lamar that you build your offense around that have a certain skill set, why you wouldn't also go get quarterbacks with that same skill set. And so I think the backups of Lamar Jackson – are less about that they're black. Yes, they are black quarterbacks, but not every black quarterback is a mobile quarterback, right? And every and in today's day and age, there are white quarterbacks who run as well. But I think the the reason why it is the way it is is because his backup should have a skill set like he has. So that way, if he gets hurt, your offense can stay afloat in the similar vein. You don't have to right. change a bunch of things up. And so what the ridiculousness to me is when uh, a quarterback who is not mobile is backing up Michael Vick. That never made sense. Right. For me, at least. So when I feel Michael Vick is backing up Donovan McNabb in that time, it made sense because he can do a lot of the same things Donovan McNabb can do. And so that's where I'm like, yeah, this feels more like a smart football move by Harbaugh and the the Ravens than it is them trying to make, you know, their early entry for Black History Fun Fact of the year. (laughs) So. And can we celebrate the fact that Lamar ain't never been in the lick of trouble? I, I don't see him in the news. I don't see him being locked up for X, Y, Z, do nothing domestic or or international. You feel me? Like, and he be with the sniper gang. He be with Kodak. That's locked up central. He supposed to be locked up. Man, that boy be staying clean, bro. Salute to Lamar, his team, his mama. Phenomenal job, man. Highest paid. Come on, brother. Throw the parade now. Bob Lamar Jackson is the right one of the, the most prof- yeah. professional players that I've ever been around that is not like I'm not saying that because he's black and because I don't I don't believe that I'm, I'm telling you there is very few players I've ever met that are more focused on winning championships than Lamar Jackson and that is a fact and I think that narrative gets lost but if you look back at every single interview he's done in his career it has never slipped one time they ask him what his goals are they're to win a championship and I don't care how much of a liar you are you are going to slip up at some point. And every time I've met him, every time I've spoken to him, every time I've been around him, outside of the cameras, outside of football, that narrative shines through every time. So I think that's what makes Lamar Jackson so special. We're going to take a quick break. and We'll be back to talk some more football. And eventually, my man Amin Hassan is going to be in the building. We're going to talk some basketball as well. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We got our guy Amin Hassan in the building. It's been too long, but he is back in the journeyman universe and we were talking in the break about Snuggies because I, I rocked a Snuggie from like 2009 to like 2012 probably. And you put the ridiculous face on uh, about made-for-TV products, but yeah. I think that was a good product, bro. Why did you stop? It was a good product. It got old and I didn't buy another one. And I was, I had, I was spending less time on the couch getting tweets off as, than I was then. 
because I was I was on the couch a lot. It sounds like you full circle though. You come back to your roots. I do. I probably I, next time you're on, I'm going to cop a snuggie and wear it here in studio. Tyler, you didn't have a snuggie. No. I come on, man. I had a blanket, bro. That's all I needed. Like I, I didn't understand the allure of the snuggie, man. It's just a robe that you wear backwards, bro. No, it's no, nah, it's functional, man. It's got like a certain like the. The ratio from arm to sleeve is there. Juju, you had a Snuggie, right? Yeah, I had plethora of Snuggies. Zubas, yeah, my dog, Zubas, man. Snuggies, Georgia, UGA Snuggies. You feel See, me? He, had, Snuggies. he was matching best, his forces uh, to the Snuggies. You feel me? The best made-for-TV product, though, that came out on the commercial was the uh, the clapper. The clap-on, uh, clap-on. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that was that's a good one. one. But the worst made-for-TV product, because uh, you mentioned the J.J. Reddick shooting yeah. in, like video. J.J. Reddick. I got a Tory Holt uh, <laughs> wide receiver skills video in college. So I'm up late night in college, and you know I'm trying to get to the league. That's my goal. I'm right. a 5'7 receiver at Toledo. I'm gonna need some NFL knowledge in my in my system, right? You, you went to Tory Holt for so me. I'm up there. I'm like Tory Holt is dope. You know, he plays the slot, he plays the outside, and he was very convincing. Killing. I'm gonna show you what you need to make it to the next level and maximize what it takes. And I'm like, I need all of this, so I buy it, right? I don't. I have a bank card. I think there's not much money on it. It was thirty dollars. I might have had forty eight dollars in my account. This shipping is not a joke. Plus shipping and handling. <laughs> I get the video. I wait for it, like. I'm talking on pins and needles waiting for this thing to come in. I pop it in. This is the most elementary teaching of wide receiver I have ever seen. It was like, and make sure you balance your stance between your back leg and your front leg. Good advice, man. When the ball is coming, put your hands right in front of your face so it doesn't hit. And I'm like, come on, this is not helping me. And so I was so mad at myself for spending what was 70% of my net worth on this DVD, and I've seen Tory Holt later in life, and I've, I've, ex- I've voiced to him many times in every podcast or show I've done. When the opportunity arises, I say, Tory, you owe me $30 with interest because, and inflation, because $30 to me then was a lot more than $30 to me now, and I need that back. Let's be fair. You did make it, though. I mean, like, <laughs> no. Tory Holt, I'm like, you're welcome. No, 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 no. It wasn't. I, so, Tory Holt got you, bro. Yeah, Nine-finger bandit right there. You ever seen bro's pinky finger? That shit is throwing up few dogs, dog. Like, <laughs> that shit look crazy. All but, yeah, but, but, but the funny thing about this is this was the the era before YouTube, dog. Like, yes. You, you know, kids these days, they just go into YouTube and looking up highlights to, to, to learn this shit now. So. No. It was like to get yeah, NFL knowledge. Bad. You had to go to the uh, made for TV products. Darren's dance moves. He taught you all the Insane's moves. I ain't no lie. I would have rather had Darren's dance moves or Tybo. I would have had oh, Billy, Billy Blanks, Blanks. Tybo. Billy that would have showed me more about getting off the line of scrimmage as a receiver <laughs> than Tory Holt's DVD would have. Get the blue blocker sombrero uh, freestyled home. All I know <laughs> to tell you how to run that post route. <laughs> All I know is if Tory Holt has me in his success stories of his website, if he brings it back and he says success stories, for Andrew, sure. I am suing for everything for he sure. has. For sure. Oh, you gotta be like, yo, you don't believe me? Just ask NFL wide receiver <laughs> no, no, Andrew no. Hawkins. <laughs> I am Tory. I'm telling you now, bro. If you if you put me in the testimonials. You will you will speak to my lawyers, bro. I'm I'm coming for everything. I want them Super Bowl rings. They're gonna be at my crib. I'm gonna be a seven year NFL vet with three Super Bowl rings or however many he got. All right, football season is here though. So 
I need I need predictions from you guys. Who is your Super Bowl champ this year, and who is your MVP? We'll start with you, Tyler. Um, I think we're in the Mahomes era. So, I mean, I know this is a safe pick. This is a boring pick, but he's it the is best football player in the world. I'm thinking yeah. he's getting an MVP in another ring. All right, we got back to back. What you got? I mean, yeah. going Giants Super Bowl champs as the wild card. <laughs> they're, they're gonna win ten games. They're gonna be the wild card. They're gonna go on a magical run. So Daniel Jones is your MVP. Saquon Barkley. Saquon. He got running the co- back. He got the co- co- I running back was MVP. I was going to say the same thing. He got the cosign from OJ. So, <laughs> so what does that mean? Hey, that, is the, that sounds like the worst cosign you could possibly get hey. in this day and if age. good enough for Juice, it's good enough for me. Oh, man. <laughs> LaDainian Thompson. LaDainian Thompson was MVP, I think, uh, was probably the last one. Right? Maybe Adrian Peterson. AP, yeah. I think a- AP, yeah, yeah, AP for sure. AP might have been it. If it's good enough for Juice, it's good enough for me. You no that when I say you ain't going nowhere in life, it's <laughs> it's gonna get ugly for you in the latter part of, of your of your life. Juju, who you got? Super Bowl champ yeah, and MVP. The, I got the Buffalo Bills playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's gonna be ninety nine to one hundred, and the uh, oh, Philadelphia so Eagles gonna they might. I don't know who's gonna win. I don't know who's gonna have ninety nine. Who's gonna have a hundred? But the game gonna be so good. <laughs> Jalen Hurts gonna win an MVP and uh, Josh Allen. And they might share the Super Bowl because them are two, my two hearts. That co-MVP might be the worst prediction I've ever heard ever on NFL. <laughs> hey, I mean, and I, and I, and I got the Giants winning. And he got the Giants. And I was going to say that about his. And then Juju comes in with the most ridiculous prediction that I think I've ever heard. What, my, about, what about you, Mr. Mr. Tory Holt uh, yeah, video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, from the Tory Holt school of, of wide receiver, yeah. uh, our prediction is – Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I do. I agree with what Tyler said. It is boring, but he is the best. But I think Lamar Jackson wins his second MVP this year. Come back to you. Because I, I, he seems like, for the reasons I, I stated earlier before mm-hmm. you joined me, I, he is the kind of person who I think plays better when you give him his money. I, I think oh. it's because a lot of people get paid and then they just like, they cash it in. That is not the Lamar Jackson. I think he puts up another career year to kind of stamp that, yes, all you need to do is pay me, and we could have been on this train. So I, let me ask a question to everybody, because I am a notorious addict of Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite show, man. Wow. And every year I watch Hard Knocks, I fall in love with who It could be about anybody. It, uh-huh. could, it could be about... Damn, uh, Bethune Cookman. You have an infatuation with watching players lose their job. I get it. Go ahead. Which, by the way, this year they've not given me enough of that at all. I'm (laughs) kind of disappointed. But like, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, I think he might be able to do this, man. I don't know. (laughs) I was one like when he was going in. I'm like, the guy's like 40. Come on, man. I watch Hard Knocks. I'm like, you look good. So, what are we thinking about the Jets? Um. You know, I I I don't think Aaron Rodgers is done. I think he's still got a couple good seasons in him. Um. You know, Sauce Gardner. That's the guy right there. He's legit. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. He's you, a real could, deal. you could say he's a top three cornerback in the league already, you know, just yeah. going into his second year. You know, I'll hear you out if you say he's the best, like first he, rookie all pro, like unheard of. But um, but yeah, you know, I do think Rodgers still might have a little bit more in the tank. Um, you know, that Jets defense is is crazy. The mm-hmm. offense was always the problem there. And shit, you bring a guy in like Aaron Rodgers, he might be able to fix it. I, I think I think it's it's much to do about nothing. I think anybody who talks this much, any team that gets this much headlines and is this infatuated with um, head, uh, uh, being in the in the news aren't actually good. That's just not typically how it works. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, it's like that it's like pickleball. Everyone's in, everyone has a pickleball team, and they're like, "Oh, this is the next wave." If everybody's early, nobody's early. That's <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about the Jets. You just man. on time. <laughs> yeah, you just you're just there. All right, all right. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna talk some basketball when we get back. <laughs> 
on your own journey, man. All right, we would be remiss not to talk some 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 hoops now that we got Amin in the house. We got Dragonfly Jones, Mr. NBA Twitter, and Juju. Juju is a, 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 a aficionado of, of everything. There's nothing that Juju doesn't have a perspective on and an expertise. <laughs> Look at him. props, man. He's ready, bro. Look, look. Always, put man. Sid, put Sydney on this cover. You see Sid had it the other day? She went crazy. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, nah, I'm went just so crazy facts. The other day. Come on, man. Salute to my sister. Put it on the cover. Salute. I, I agree. I appreciate it, man. All right. So, uh, Team USA, mm-hmm. they fell to who was it, Lithuania? Yeah. yeah. What are you, I mean, where are we at with NBA basketball? Noah Lyles, who is the fastest yeah. track runner, who I had no idea of until he made his NBA comment. Exactly. Very clear, which might be a genius marketing move by him. He <laughs> talked about how the NBA aren't really world champions. And here we are in the national stage or the international stage losing. Now, granted, yeah. Our best players aren't playing, mm-hmm. so there's that caveat. But still, I feel like we should be winning. Well, first of all, uh, Noah Lyles, it's not 2024. It's not a leap year, so we mm. don't need to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, leap yeah. years <laughs> is when we hear from y'all. Just go ahead, go back into your hole and, and hide away. But, you know, it's it's national team play, so it's not like proving his point mm-hmm. because there still isn't a club side anywhere in the world that's going to beat the Nuggets Four out of seven times. That's the thing that people don't understand. It's like, it's not like Jokic is going to go play for them in a seven games. He's he's part of NBA, so right, right. He, yeah, no, that's a good like point. you still got to you still got to check him. Yeah, but uh, but in terms of the Lithuania game, it's a weakness for the USA. It's it's a small team. It's a small it's a smallish team in terms mm-hmm. of no real size, beefy guys other than Walker Kessler. Even Jaron Jackson is kind of more of a slender combo guy. Mm-hmm. So there is a weakness in terms of the offensive glass. But also, it was a meaningless game. Not meaningless, but it's like for seeding purposes. But that was a knockout stage. We're in the knockout stage now. They played Italy today. They destroyed them. And Mm -hmm. I think things are going to go as planned up until there's only one team out there that I think, all right, they might be a problem. That's Canada. Canada is the one team where it's like this this is a, a worthy opponent in terms of can match the number of NBA players, the depth, and also they've got a little bit of hunger with them. Mm. What do you think, Tyler? How does how does the Team USA uh, turn things around? Um, well, you know, the FIBA championships, bro, that's the JV squads. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, and I think that losses like this that happen in FIBA play, I think that those are actually good for the Olympics because then guys in the NBA are like, all right, we can't fuck around. You yeah. know, we really got to get, you know, out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll get, you know, your, your all-NBA guys who sign up to be in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, a lot of people have been taking victory laps. Like, see, we told y'all that, you know, the Denver Nuggets aren't the real-world champs because of the USA national team losing to Lithuania. And I don't see how that even correlates, you know, because like Amin said, you know, there is no team in the world that will beat the Denver Nuggets in four out of seven games. And that's what I didn't understand during that whole conversation. It's like, bro, the NBA is the best league in the world. You know, the best players in the world go there. The best teams in the world are there. If you win the NBA championship, you are the best team in the world. Like, right. I didn't know why people were just being so dense about that. It just turned into an argument about semantics where people were like, well, it's technically a domestic league. No, it's not. It's a league that plays games in the United States. That's a global league that the best players in the world go to. So, like I said, you know, this this loss to Lithuania doesn't really mean anything on that scale. I think this is like the third time Lithuania has beaten us, right? Like, those Eastern Europeans, bro, like, they can hoop. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so, yeah, like I said, I don't think this means anything, and I do think that it's actually a good thing for you know the upcoming olympic squad because we might actually get some old nba guys to roll out for this one speaking of old nba guys lamar odom said that kobe came to him in a dream 
Um, I don't remember exactly what he said, Kobe said, but he said he's been visiting him in his, in his dreams recently. And, you know, I just a larger conversation of like everybody still leans on Kobe a lot for someone who has passed away a couple of years ago now. And he is a legend. And obviously, I mean, he was my favorite athlete of all time. Um, but don't we feel like people are starting to probably take advantage of his name a little bit here and there? Starting? Yeah, I mean, it's getting really <laughs> bad. As a, It's like when it was fresh, it was like, okay, we get it. Like, this is a thing you're, you're paying. It, it felt a little closer to paying your respects. Now it feels like a little bit of exploitation. Y'all don't want me to do this. Come on, get, I want you to do it. I mean, pause, but you, I want you to come on. <laughs> I uh, I asked this question when uh, the whole Taylor Swift thing happened with his family, and I was like, "How much longer are we doing this? Like they're getting free tickets and like getting oh, no, caught get, up on stage and stuff." So you're calling out the family, bro? I'm just people. saying, like, I'm talking about Lamar Odom getting visions everybody, and going on podcasts and saying everybody's, it. I'm okay with people giving the the, the Bryant family. Basically, red carpet, whatever they want for the end of time. That's fine, but like, you know, like Taylor Swift go take off her hat and all that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, like we do. I know what we're doing here. What right? are we doing? We're bartering off of his his memory. I'm try, I'm Taylor Swift. Like, how can I take this from a a nine and a half or nine point eight to a ten? Uh huh. Where's Kobe's family? Yeah, bring them up front. I've got a hat to place on a child's head. Like, come on, man. What are we doing? Lamar Odom, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. What? Kobe's number two to Jesus right now in terms of prayers. <laughs> Jesus is still number one. But like a close, he's coming, he's making a push. People calling on the Kobe name, man. And it's who's, like who's who's taking the most advantage of Kobe's name, Tyler? Give me, give me your perspective first. Who's taking the most advantage of Kobe Bryant's name to date? Oh, it's, it's, it's Jason Tatum, no question. Um, <laughs> you know, Jason Tatum had that whole run, uh, that postseason where he was like, you know, he was texting Kobe's number and all that. And I don't want to make light of that. Like, you know, I, I know people grieve in their own, you know, unique ways. So. But I, I will say, I will say what, what was unique to me about Lamar's Odo, about Lamar Odom's statement here is, I feel like he broke some new ground on this one, right? Because like people's notion of the afterlife is either it's incredible, like it's heaven, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or it's terrible, like it's hell, or there's nothing there. You just die and that's it. And well, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, yo, the afterlife is just mid, bro. Like, like no, it's kind of weak low key. You know what I'm saying? We, I don't think we've ever heard that perspective about the afterlife before. So I'm intrigued. I think Lamar needs to expand on this a bit. I want, I want to hear more. I ain't going to lie to you. What do you think of me? <laughs> He's like, ah, it's hours of COVID. Ah. <laughs> I'm on. We got Spectrum upstairs, so we we don't get ESPN anymore. I've had to get you someone else. C-SPAN Detroit, you know. <laughs> Come not, on, man. <laughs> not C-SPAN Detroit. It it does seem like people are doing a lot for 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 theatrics at times. In the name of Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to the to the legend rest himself. In peace. Uh, speaking of more uh, theatrics, John Morant. Is is back in the, in the gym, and that's not news. That's a good thing. John Moran is one of the most talented young basketball players in the world, and you could tell no allows that. That is fact. Okay, what what he's in the gym wearing has been interesting to a lot of people. It've been t-shirts with plain words on them, like gratitude, rebirth, accountability. Um, and so I want to get perspective, Juju. What are you? What are your thoughts, man? I know Juju gonna take the sunny side of, of things. Most always. positive man. What in, you in, think, Juju? Of nah. First of all, Lamar Odom. They need to make sure that tweet didn't come from the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, good. 
I don't know who he, you feel me? We know his history. So let's make sure, let somebody check on my boy Lamar. He might have seen him for real. You feel me? But uh, I think the next thing on the on, uh, uh, John Morant t-shirts, I don't know, uh, Juvenile featuring uh, Birdman, uh, Bounce Back. Bounce Back. <laughs> I don't mind the t-shirts if they're, uh, what is it, Gildean? What are the t-shirts yeah. you can just get? Like, if they're Nike t-shirts and this is a part of a, a, a rollout, if we rolling back out John ja Morant as a brand and Nike is 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 funding this like a like a booster and NIL deals, then I'm like, okay, nah, I don't want to hit. But if they're, if they're Gildin and he's he going to get them printed himself, Gildin is that what it is? Gildin, Gildin, if they're Gildin t-shirts. Gildin is not a sponsor of Journeyman. I want to put that out there, but I do endorse their be. t-shirts. They could, could be. be, but could hey, be. you know, we open. But if they're if they're that, then I'm okay with it. Nah, man. No, look, I'm rooting for John ja Morant. Hard man, like he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, I okay. think I like, and I think he's genuinely a good kid who's just a knuckle, you know, just yeah, you know, young and dumb. Like I said, mm-hmm. the first time we were talking about it months and months ago, right? Yep. You got to understand for this kid, old school music is Soldier Boy. That's like old school That's throwback crazy. for him, right? I was so, like a Snuggies when Soldier Boy was high. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I like, I really think like this is a opportunity for him to find himself and all that, but. Dog, stop with the corniness, man. Just just play basketball. You That's don't have to do. have a T-shirt. You don't have to do a campaign. Just play. I swear to God, play basketball. Don't play with guns. You'll be fine. <laughs> Trust me. Because he's good at it. He's good at playing basketball. He's good at playing with guns, too, Tyler. Yeah, yeah um, you know, I, I think Nike's doing too much right here. I feel like Nike's just someone who will never let a good controversy go to waste right <laughs> like i mean you know you know you got the man wearing shirts to say redemption and i'm like bro redemption for what like you just you cosplayed as nba young boy you didn't really you didn't do anything terrible bro you're just flashing bad. guns on instagram i promise you the easiest thing to not do is flash guns on instagram <laughs> i've never done it a day in my life you know what I'm saying it's very easy to not do what job got in trouble for doing but but like you know i'm for sure i love job i think he's a phenomenal talent i do think that you know he was just doing knucklehead shit and i think that he's going to be on um you know going down the right path hopefully Tyler, you ain't never flash no guns on Instagram? Nah. That shit is fun, bro. Bro, you missing out. It's a thrill, it's invigorating. Use that close friends, though. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, all I'll yeah. say. Use it to a T. <laughs> we're we're going to come back next week for Journeyman, and we're going to do a whole episode with Tyler just flashing flashing the straps <laughs> on, oh, I on IG. I, I actually do have a gun safe, too. Uh, oh, you know, see, I don't so even have a gun, yeah. and I'm getting served those ads. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm, my algorithm is algorithm and crazy. All right, but that's it for this week's Journeyman. We appreciate all of you joining us. Make sure you journey back to us next week. Same time, same place. Shout out to my guy, Juju. Shout out to my guy, Dragonfly Jones and Amin El Hassan for joining us here on Journeyman. Until next time, they didn't believe in us. God did. I did. I did. <laughs> Kobe did. Nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Kobe did. No remixes. We got to edit that after where I said God did, and then Tyler just says Kobe did. <laughs> yeah, please, please let me rest, man. <laughs>